0: No, 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 no. Come on, where is it?
1: Dave, it's your
0: Idaho Central
1: app here. Any chance you're missing a debit card? Let's get that taken care of for you. With ICCU's card control, you can turn any card off with the tap of your finger. You've got it. And back on again. Ow, 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 ow. The closest Idaho Central Credit Union branch is in your pocket. Jim, Mold stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker. No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale. But you're not the kicker. No, yeah. Now, nah, the kicker's probably taller and a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats? Yeah, try it sometime. <laughs> paint.com the official
2: paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics is going all in this season with an all-star lineup first up he led the Broncos to three conference championships and 10 20 win seasons it's coach Leon Rice. next he's the founder and CEO of Rowpaint.com. he played a little basketball in high school on the driveway with his mom it's Andy Rowe
1: Oh no Want
0: to just paint my house? Now that I can do
1: When I want Boise State to win I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right
0: This is Bronco Nation News Live. The best interviews, the most informed opinions, the latest breaking news, all from the top Boise State insiders. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Now here's four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, VJ Reigns with another edition of Bronco Nation News
2: Live. Hey, how we doing Boise State fans? BJ Reigns and Jay Tuss with you. It is a Friday edition of Bronco Nation News Live here at bronconationnews.com. We're presented by roepaint.com, our title sponsor. Check them out, roepaint.com, for all your painting needs, whether that's concrete coatings, uh, interior, exterior, residential, commercial, industrial, you name it. Check out our friends at roepaint.com, making this uh, whole platform program possible. And uh, Jay, excited for this one. Uh, excited to chat with you for the next uh, 30, 35 minutes or so. But then we got Clark Kellogg scheduled to join us from the Atlanta airport. I did not know this, but Clark Kellogg uh, is living in Florida right now. So he's coming all the way from Florida to Boise to call this game for National CBS tomorrow. And uh, he's uh, scheduled to take some time to join us in about a half an hour or so. And looking forward to catch up with Clark Kellogg. And uh, believe this is the first ever national, I guess, I don't know if I'm allowed to say CBS with, with it, with, uh, with Jay Tuss on NBC here, but, uh, first ever CBS national broadcast of a Boise state basketball game. So, uh, really? I would put the, uh, I would put the KTVB production up against anybody in the world, but, uh, right. s- still a pretty up, oh, turn that mic back up, Jay, unless that's me, I think you're, uh.
1: Let's see. I feel like I got it right today. I clicked the little button over. Now you're good. There you go.
2: Now, now yeah. it's, uh, that sounds much better. There we go. Uh, but uh, again, I would put it up against KTVB's production any day of the week. But pretty cool still. First ever time, I believe, CBS, National CBS coming to Boise tomorrow. Really? This is the first ever time for that. Wow. I mean they've done like NCAA tournament games here, but not yeah. involving not involving Boise State. First, first you. Boise State game uh anywhere, I think. On because even the tournament games, I don't know if they were on CBS or if they were on uh the other oh, true TVs or whatever. Yeah.
1: So I feel like they're kind of more on the obscure ones, um, not on not on the main CBS. But yeah, no, it's a big deal, man. I I don't care. That is a cool deal. Anytime uh <laughs> excuse me, you can get that type of uh that stage, that spotlight. Great thing for the program. And uh, I was, I mean, man, by this time tomorrow, we're going to be like at Extra Mile Arena, probably. Or at at least like, yes,
2: I was already thinking of that. I'll be a crazy pregame show 24 hours from now. Yep.
1: Completely used to it for Boise State football, but this will be uh, one of the the earlier wake up calls, I would say, for um, a men's basketball game that I've attended here in in the city of trees. It really might be the earliest. I don't, you can't really tip off any earlier than this in the mountain time zone.
2: No, they've had some noon, I think noon or one o'clock games, Mm -hmm. but uh, 11 a.m. game local time for basketball certainly is uh, a little bit early. But I was looking at Clark Kellogg, man. I didn't realize like how good of a player I knew he was a good player, but I went to look it up like McDonald's All-American, first round NBA draft pick, All-American at Ohio State and then uh, average like almost 20 points a game in the NBA, but then uh, had some chronic knee issues and had to retire and has been Mm -hmm. uh, doing the broadcasting stuff since 1990. So we're going on, uh, you know, almost 35 years here of him now doing the color commentating and the analyst work. And he's, he's mostly in the studio now, but he does, does a couple games here and there. He actually did the UNLV San Diego state game two weeks ago in in San Diego. Um, And uh, again, he'll be, uh, he's en route and on his layover, hopefully going to join us here in about 30 minutes in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. I believe, and looking forward to, have Clark Kellogg uh, he'll be doing the game with Spiro Didis I think it is I always mispronounce his last name but he did the Spiro did the game last week New Mexico and San Diego State he he gets into it and if there's some big plays in Boise he's one of those guys that uh uh gets hyped up by the crowd and he'll be going crazy he's uh I actually really like Spiro he's a uh, a younger guy that does a really good job does a lot of the NFL games for CBS on football so uh it's a nice crew tomorrow and I think adds to the uh adds to the excitement adds to the magnitude of this game man
1: yeah, and it is a big game. Gosh, I feel like we've said that before every game, but it really feels like that is just the case right now in Mountain West play. Every game you're you're facing a good team, and if you're not, it's a must-win game in another type of sense because it's really going to hurt you if you drop it. But they're, you know, you're just looking at what, what Air Force, Wyoming, Fresno State. Uh, I guess when San Jose State comes here, but you know, there there are just a lot of really good teams in the Mountain West this year, and so. Every game is a big game. This one feels a little bit bigger because you're taking on the defending NAIA national champs and uh you know a perennial power in the Mountain West Conference. So um Do you yeah, say I defending I you
2: NAIA national champs? Wow,
1: sorry. I, I I was uh I had to let that go for a second to
2: make sure I heard about thoughts. No, thought you're, you're good.
1: No, you're good. I was looking at my script from last night. Um <laughs> I went out and talked with the Yotes. Hey, Yotes nine in a row, up to third in the country. Let's go Smoddy Morgan on the top one hundred list for small time college basketball um yeah i'm crossing over there buddy but uh, by the way the mountain
2: west championship game was on cbs i guess we're going regular season and we're also going uh games in boise uh i guess technically they had a cbs game for the mountain west championship game a couple years ago okay all right we'll go first time in boise for cbs first time quentin uh, keeping
1: keeping you on us at 907 on a friday morning let's go Quentin.
2: nothing can get past uh get past
1: this group yeah But you're you're looking, you're looking at a team, man. I I love the 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 announcers that get into it. Like I don't want you flatlined when big plays happen. Go ahead, let it fly. Let's have fun and um yeah, good crew on hand, good game on hand. Should be uh darn near a sellout. I I was kind of looking for tickets, seeing if my family wanted to go because it's 11 a.m. tip off. And uh, as you know, BJ, when you have kids, that's that's kind of a a favorable time. But uh, I don't know if I can get enough seats together for um. When I looked last night, there was uh,
2: yeah, there was some, but they're they're in the upper deck and and, and you know, it's, it's literally the
1: last row. <laughs> it is literally the last row of the venue.
2: Yeah, there are some left though. So if you're thinking about going, uh mm-hmm. do not wait. I would buy them like right now because uh, last I looked, there was, and I'll check while you're talking here, JB. Yeah, there was a mm-hmm. couple different sections that had maybe three, four, five, six together, but I would say there's Maybe five hundred left, maybe less than that for the entire stadium when you start factoring in the single tickets and all that. And Probably. yeah, the rains, the rains, boys and Karen will be there, but they'll be a few minutes late. Uh, Naismith has baseball tryouts tomorrow that end at eleven, so they'll be uh, hurrying down there and trying to get there uh, as soon as they can. So there will be three open seats right at tip off, but mm-hmm. hopefully not, hopefully not for long. Um, that they will, uh, they will, they will be there, and they're looking forward to it. And uh, you can only, you can only hope, Jay, that it's as exciting as last year's San Diego State game was.
1: Yeah, man. Um, are we are we hoping for that? <laughs> Being down eight with
2: down eight with six minutes to go, maybe not.
1: No. I don't know how many people could take another finish like that. The the Max Rice game where that was an incredible well, fans would certainly take
2: that with how Max has been shooting the ball lately. I think yeah, fans would certainly take 28, right. 28 for Max Rice. No you're probably doubt.
1: right. It's it's special though, man. When San Diego State comes to town, like it is, it's it's always fun. Uh, one of the best games that I've ever seen probably the best performance I've ever seen was Chandler Hutchison hanging 44 on the Aztecs, that corner three to cap it off. And, um, that was a really, really special game, um, at extra mile arena that that's an all timer for me. And it it just seems like it always kind of comes down to the wire. It's never a, a blowout. And I, I, I think this game's trending in that same way. They, they kind of mirror each other, I would say in terms of pace and tempo and what they want to do. um, So it it should be a a really fun morning at Extra Mile Arena where the winner gets, you know, an upper hand at, you know, Mountain West Conference Championship in the regular season, seating at the NCAA at the uh, Mountain West Tournament. This is a a big game for a number of reasons, BJ.
2: Here's the uh, updated look, Jay. I'll pull it up on screen here of the uh, sections with available tickets left. So, uh you're looking at uh, no seats around in the upper level where Leon's landing is. I'll see if I can zoom in on a couple of these sections here. I think there are some uh, some some multiple seats together in some of these. So yeah, there's still some there's still some for you, Jay. I don't know how many you need there, but uh, you look at some of these sections uh, towards the top. So it's not sold out yet, but uh, I would say you're trending in the right direction if you're boise state uh, that section right there still has a lot left and when they all when they alternate the rows like that 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 uh they're trying to make it look full so uh, i don't know what that means in terms of tickets being left but uh some other sections have a couple there's one in that section uh trending towards a sellout but i would say uh still still tickets left i would say it's not uh you know not a guarantee to be a sellout based on a couple of these sections having uh a decent number left there's only five left in that one this one it not so wait long enough 20. for it to kind of
1: populate <laughs> but that's yeah that, i think that's gonna go it's like glass row in yeah
2: and then, uh, there's single seats there's four uh, this these look like your area right down there joe uh j 125 dollars a ticket right there that, that's that's camille Whoa. and the kiddos section right there come on okay we can add that to the uh, to next month's uh, BNN check, maybe, and help you out right. there.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: <good>. <laughs> They, uh, the, the they do have the uh, dynamic pricing in full effect for this one. I will say that they have mm-hmm. uh, prices are a little higher for this game than they are for for uh, some of the normal games. But when I looked at this map about 24 hours till uh, tip off of the color of the uh, UNLV game pretty much every section had blue. So the fact that uh, there's only a couple sections left, not sold out yet, but I would say uh, that's probably only, I don't know, 200 tickets or so left. That That's trending in the right direction for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, when when you look at these teams, BJ, you know, I think you're looking at two of the better defensive teams in the country. I'll lean on Ken Palm for the adjusted defense met, defensive metric. And yeah, Boise State, they rank 26th in the country. San Diego State ranks 21st in the country. Uh, San Diego State's been a, a more efficient offensive team. They're, f- they're, they're 52nd in the, in the country in adjusted offense to where Boise State has now dipped to 119th. That, that's a number that they need to come back up. They were in the top 100 uh, pretty much all season long, and these last couple of games they've dipped below that. So uh, they, they need to get things figured out a little bit offensively. I, I don't know if um, the ship has sailed on leaning on the bench, man. Like it, it, I think it's just going to be – tough at this point in time in the year I think you have some guys on the end of the bench probably battling a little adversity realizing that we'll see if they can push through it and still make a contribution here but um, you know I, I think that you pointed this out I mean all, all the starters are are back up to where they were at this point in time last year maybe even above it in some cases so uh, we really thought the bench was going to be a um, more of a factor for this team and it, and it really is it, it hasn't been the case I mean we haven't seen RJ Keen play in a couple of games now and he hasn't and played really, Mountain
2: West play, has not played a second I, I, in Mountain West play. I really
1: thought, I mean, that, that's just me, and I, I know he's coming back from injury and working all, you know, through that stuff, but uh, I really thought Keene was going to be a guy that was going to, you know, log minutes in, in Mountain West yeah. conference play um, seen, on, the, on the, this team. Uh,
2: hasn't played a second Mountain West play. Kobe Young has three minutes in one game in Mountain West play. I think it was a San Jose State game. widings mm-hmm. uh, Whiting's uh, not doing much in Mountain West play. Neither is... Uh, Uh, I got the numbers right here. Meadow is 14.8 minutes in Mountain West play. Martin is 12.0, Whiting 8.5. But uh, all five starters over 31 minutes a game in Mountain West play. Boise State Mm -hmm. is the the only Mountain West team among the contenders. I kind of counted at that top six or seven uh, that has all five starters at 30 minutes a game in Mountain West play. Uh, Any idea the only other team in the Mountain West, Jay? I mentioned this on yesterday's show, uh, but Mm -hmm. uh, Air Force. Uh, they average all five starters over 30 minutes as well, uh, but they're 0-4 in conference play. Um, but uh, Boise State is riding its starters more than any of the other contenders in the Mountain West. Uh, when you look at 31.5 minutes a game, Omar Stanley is fifth on the team. And, you know, Tyson Degenhart. nobody more. Nobody more on the Mountain West contenders plays more minutes. Now, Ethan Taylor is like 38 and a half. Uh, for Air Force, uh but in terms of the 6-7 contenders, as I mentioned, we cut that off. Tyson Degenhardt, 36.0 minutes per game, is first among all contenders, and Max Rice is third, 35 mm-hmm. minutes a game. Isaiah Stevens is second at 35.8, but uh two of the top three mo- players playing the most minutes of anybody in the Mountain West among the teams fighting for the title here come uh, from Boise State, and, um you know, It's we talked about this with with Jay or with uh, Johnny the other day, but uh, you know, you and I both kind of piggybacked and asked Leon some questions about the bench. And he keeps saying, Yeah, we need the bench, but you know, we don't see the bench much to to see them do anything. And so, you know, Jace Whiting got in there for like a minute and got a quick hook when he did something wrong. But you mentioned Keen not even playing, uh, Kobe Mm -hmm. Young not even playing. Um, and I said something about how do they show when they're not getting a ton of time in games what they can do? And he said, Well, they don't need a ton of time. They need one second. And when you're out there, show you deserve to stay out there. And so uh, it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing, really, as I said to Johnny, because they're not getting much time in the games to show they deserve to play. But, right. you know, how do they show it if they're not playing? But if they don't deserve to play, then they're not going to be out there. And we don't see practice. We don't see the meetings. We don't see all the other stuff that goes on. Um, but, you know, this kind of has been Leon's MO. And I think we both said this over the summer. Like, we'll believe it when we see it in terms of playing this uh, this depth. But they talked all offseason, all – you know, uh, eight months. Even I went back and listened, Jay, right? I did a lot of research for this story, but the, the post game press conference that you and I did with Tyson Degenhart standing outside the locker room after the Northwestern loss, like after last year's game, he mentioned on his own, San Diego, we need more depth like San Diego State. And that was before, you know, San Diego State even made their run. To the Final Four, but you look at what San Diego State uh, has done in in uh, you know recent years with their minutes, and this year they've got seven guys averaging 19.3 minutes into conference play, and only one guy, Jason uh, Jaden Ladie, is over 27 and a half minutes a game. Mm -hmm. They're still spreading it out, even with a new team this year. Um, And Boise State, you know, last year they had San Diego State last year had nine guys that played at least 16 minutes a game. And nobody played more than 27.2. And Boise State spent eight months saying that's what they wanted to do. And I don't know if that's on the coaching. I don't know if that's on the players for not being good enough. Um, I don't know what the problem is. I think part of it, Jay, is, and fans don't want to hear it is, Margin of victory matters. The net ranking, all that stuff matters. So they did have to keep their starters in in some of these games longer than they probably wanted to. And the tough non conference, you're not giving guys minutes against Clemson and some of these other games. And the result of that has been just not a lot of developed bench. And I also think Leon just that's kind of been the thing the last couple of years where he trusts the guys that got him here and they're going to stick with their key guys. And I don't totally blame them. Late in the second half, would you rather have, you know, uh, an Abo or a Max Rice in there or an RJ Keen? So um i I think that uh it'll be very interesting if he does try to do that or if he basically just gives up on it and says this is what we have
1: yeah it's tough man i mean i i will say this about tyson dagenhart i don't really i don't think it matters who you have on the floor who you have on on the bench tyson's gonna play he he is your your war daddy if you will i mean he's gonna play 34 to 36 regardless of what you have out there right um but still, collectively, it's just it's just a lot of minutes for everyone, man. And, and if if, it, if you think it's going to add up in mid January, once again, we've seen it add up in you know late February, early March. And um, you well, how about know, the
2: I, missed free throws in the game the other night, I mean, Tyson DeGenhart missed a one and one. You had uh, Omar Stanley miss the front end of a one and one, and then Tyson and uh, Roddy Anderson both both missed another free throw uh, for guys that had played pretty much the entire second half to that point. I think fatigue certainly could have been a factor there. Yeah.
1: Yep. I, I mean I'm right there with you, dude. And I uh I'm just worried about how you find this answer in the middle of conference play. I mean, you're you're right, margin of victory matters. Boise State has a pretty good resume, but they're still hovering in the mid-50s. And if you're an at-large team in the Mountain West Conference and you're in the net rankings and, and you're in the mid-50s, like you're gonna be concerned on selection Sunday. I would you agree with that?
2: Oh yeah. They need to be. That that's why that uh, UNLV game and, and UNLV is going to end up being fine. I think it may even end up being a quad two loss
1: uh, if oh, they can, I,
2: And particularly, and it's a big UNLV, game,
1: dude. Like I, I think UNLV's got a chance tomorrow in Fort Collins. Like well, I, that's I, tonight. That's tonight. Or tonight, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Tonight in Fort Collins. Like I, I think UNLV's got a decent squad, man. Like yeah. I just I think got it, off this a slow start. I don't know.
2: Yeah, just the well Yeah, the overall momentum though of the rankings and things took a hit with that loss. And it so. did um i mean yeah they were at a season high 50 i think at ken palm they were at a season high 44 in the net mm-hmm. um and yeah and, you know the Which 30s if you're if you're in the 30s net. but for even yeah. 44 you feel better than than 55 or whatever
1: well i mean if you're 44 and you knock off san diego state you're you're probably now in the top you're in the 30s now at some somewhere in the 30s and now you're right like the momentum starts again you get knocked back down the hill and you got to get a couple of wins yep. in order to get back up and onto the top of that thing and um, you know, it, I did up
2: two spots last night. By the way, without even playing, they're up to fifty Well, you saw,
1: it was San Francisco—they probably beat the Ken Palm number in, in Washington State. Certainly crushed the Ken Palm number against Stanford. So, I, did you watch that game at all, BJ? Uh, man, um, you know, Miles Rice for uh for Washington State. That was a nice win, man.
2: They were, only, they were projected to either I think, win by one or lose by one. It was a mm-hmm. the 10-pound number, I think, was lose by one. The spread in Vegas was like three, and for them to win by 14, 15, whatever it was, and it was pretty much a route from, from start to finish. Washington State, man, that's a game, too. People th- that, that game has now moved into quad one, uh, at least temporarily. They're up to 47, so that gives Boise State another quad one loss. And so, um, you know, uh, Clemson's now teetering. They're down to like 40. That's going to be one to keep watching here. Uh, where you could lose one if they keep falling. Um, And Butler, I think, fell down to 64, and there's some other ones. Um, But uh, Virginia Tech is 59, so they have two there that are kind of falling back a little bit of late. But um, We we,
1: we said this, BJ, but it's clear, though, that Boise State needs to start adding to their resume. Like, uh, they get the first blemish that – it's not anything you can't recover from. It's not a quad four loss, which they did have last year, right? They, they did have a quad four loss last year. Those are really, really tough to bounce back. They've from. had multiple quad three quad four losses in each of the last two years. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it's not like they can't recover from this, but now it really puts a big importance on this San Diego state game, because if you get it, you get another quad one victory. And if they get that, I mean, they're up to four quad one wins on the season. I, again, some of those might fall off depending on where some of these teams in the mountain West finish, but Hey, at least you feel great about it for now, right? So, yeah. um they they need to start adding to their resume. They need to start getting these big victories and they need to get back in the right direction. I mean, and I added it up by the way, Jay.
2: Uh sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, but only if they get the quad four if they get the quad 1 win tomorrow, that would be their fourth quad 1 win. There's only 10 teams in the country right now that currently have four yeah. or more quad 1 wins. So, yep. uh, if they get the win tomorrow, I mean there's obviously 100 games tomorrow, more teams could add to that, but as of tomorrow morning they would be only the 11th team in the country to have at least four quad one wins yeah last year they only had 3 all season they were 3 and 5 in quad one games right and,
1: and some of those i i remind you kind of came at the end of the year too i mean like the san diego state game was a late season quad one win um i believe what uh no i don't know if they got one at the mountain west tournament i guess but e- either way i i mean these are they got a quad one loss i guess at the mountain west tournament but um, these are opportunities that they have to start taking advantage of. It It is go time. It, I mean, March is going to be here before we know it, and these are opportunities you can't let slip away. I will say this, though. If if you look at what Boise State's done at home, they just had their 22-game home winning streak snapped. I meant to look this up before the start of the show, and I'll do it after the show. But, um, you know, rarely, if ever, I mean, does does Leon Rice lose back-to-backs at, at Extra Mile Arena? I mean, that just that's a stat that just doesn't happen. And so yeah. I would expect the guys to be juiced from the jump tonight, and I, I think that's where I was probably a little disappointed, BJ, in, in Boise State's efforts against UNLV. UNLV brought it early, and we all mocked and and kind of made fun of whatever Robert Whaley was talking about with with a revenge game, because that doesn't make any sense of why that would be a revenge game for him. But he came out and he played like it was a freaking revenge game. I mean, he was flexing on the crowd, he was yelling he was their energizer bunny in that game that made a huge difference in the first half. And they got up double digits and Boise state fought their way back in. And it was close at halftime, but again, to start the second half, you know, they, they brought the energy, they brought the juice. Um, Boise State needs a rebounding effort like they had against Nevada, against San Diego State, to have a sh- to have a chance. Like, they weren't terrible on the glass against UNLV, but they were far from their standard. I mean, I, I would even go – they weren't good. Anytime you give up 13 offensive rebounds, that's not good. Yes, I think a couple of the, the deflections – the ball just kind of seemed to bounce UNLV's way a little bit that night. But, like, still, 13 offensive rebounds, they got to do a better job than that. They're taking on a San Diego State team that's not quite as long or um as big as they've been in the past but they still went out and hammered the glass 20 times against nevada 20 and so
2: and rebounds they they,
1: they they got a time to put on the big boy pants crash the glass that that i i, I think whoever wins the battle of the boards is going to win the battle of the scoreboard i mean um that's that's often the way that it goes in the leon rice era but i i just think this is one of those games you got to clean it up you have to you have to the defensive rebound especially against san diego state because they're just so good at getting on the glass creating second chance opportunities and sometimes bj it's not even just necessarily like the the second chance points it's the fact that if, if san diego state goes down they're kind of a slower tempo team right so let's say you you know you defend 22 seconds on the shot clock they throw one up with eight seconds left they get an offensive rebound shot clock resets you're down on the defensive end of the floor for you know, you're upwards of, of 40, 50 seconds defending, yep. right? And so it's it's going to be really important to, to win the defensive battle um, on the glass against San Diego State tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean, Boise State doesn't lose two in a season at home very often, let right. alone two in a row. So I guarantee you that hasn't happened uh... – in a long time, and they'll need to uh, have a valiant effort tomorrow. We'll talk more about this game, San Diego State, and uh, what it means. But uh, first, you need to take a quick 90-second timeout. want to remind folks about the BNN Pool Party. Check us out. BNN KTIK will be there uh, for the pool party on the 15th Mountain West Tournament semifinal Friday. Maybe we can even get a, a J-Tust uh, cannonball live shot there uh, at the pool party. Looking forward to this. If you're going to Vegas for the conference tournament, make sure to make plans now to join us. And if you want free entry – Send me an email, rains at bronconationnews.com, RSVP, and you get to skip the $50 cover charge and get in for free, even if you're not staying at Circa Resort and Casino. Let us know. We'll be back in 90 seconds here on Bronco Nation News. All Bronco Nation News broadcasts come from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Spirits, perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Our title sponsor is rowpaint.com. For all your commercial, industrial, residential painting needs, check out rowpaint.com. Don't forget about their concrete coatings. Transform that ugly concrete slab on your back patio in your garage in just one day. Contact rowpaint.com for a free estimate today. The official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics and our title sponsor at Bronco Nation News is rowpaint.com. Idaho Central Credit Union's been helping members achieve financial success for more than 80 years. There's an ICCU branch on almost every corner, but the closest is in your pocket with free e-branch mobile and online banking. See why more than 500,000 members love ICCU and join one in four Idahoans by making the switch today at ICCU.com. Since 1984, Ridley's Family Markets has prided itself on being a hometown food and drug store that employed value members of the local community. Ridley's Family Markets has 13 locations in the state of Idaho and many more in the surrounding states. Download the new Ridley's app to your smartphone, get savings up to 40% off at the checkout line, and find a location near you at ShopRidley's.com. Former Bronco Matt Bowser is once again the number one ranked realtor in the Treasure Valley. No home is too big or too small for Matt and his team. Let them fulfill all your real estate needs at bowserrealestate.com. Again, we got uh, Clark Kellogg coming up in about 10 minutes here. Uh looking forward to chatting with Clark Kellogg. He'll be on the call for CBS, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And also quick shout out, Bronco Brew Coffee. Make sure you check him out. broncobrew.coffee is the website. Uh Supporting Boise State University Athletics with every sip. Roasted to order coffee. It tastes delicious. Highly recommend it. And, again, you're putting money in the pocket of an NIL uh, athlete, uh Right there with your purchase, a couple of bucks. You can choose which athlete you want to get it. So it's a cool thing they're doing at Boise State. Check them out, Bronco All right, Jay, you mentioned the rebounding. I was looking at the Ken Palm numbers. Like uh, San Diego State's decent, but they're not like great in terms of rebounding either. Um, they're they're outside the top 100 in offensive and defensive rebounding. They're they're near 100s so they're you know upper third. But it's not like that's something that's you know jumps off the page at you. And Boise State 14th. They were eighth. It went to 14th uh, in terms of defensive rebounding um i totally agree with you i think that's where this game is going to be won or lost can boise state um you know control the glass on the defensive end not give second chance points to san diego Mm -hmm. state but uh (laughs) i also think boise state's gonna have to make some shots man like max rice can't go three for 12 again and we're not quite there yet but we're very close um to having to have some, some hard, you know, serious conversations here about Max Rice and his playing time. And I know it's a, a sensitive subject, I guess, around the program, with you know his dad's a coach and all that, but he played 38 minutes in that game and was three of 12 and um, played the entire second half, I believe as well. And, you know, Jay, I mean, just facts are facts. Leon came on the post game and said, you got to earn every minute you get, even if you're a starter, nothing's given to you. And I know some fans kind of said, well, what about, you know, the guy that went three of 12 and um, he's hit some big free throws in some of these games. He's hit some big shots for me. I, it feels like a lot of the floaters and like smaller shots in the lane that you were all going in last year are not going in a lot of layups are just kind of rolling off and maybe he's due for a lot of those to go in, but they really, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. They really could use Max Rice to get going from, uh, especially from three
0: tomorrow.
1: Yeah, especially with the way teams are now approaching Omar Stanley too, BJ. Um, they they could use a a hot shooting effort from from Max Rice. You know, it's I'll say this, I, you know, when you when you've been a lo- around as long as Max has, I mean, he's he's been in college for a while now. The expectations just change because on one hand, we can say that he's struggling, and I, and I think that anybody would admit that, especially shooting the basketball but he's also scored in double figures in in each of the five last games. Now he's also played you know over 31 minutes in each of the last five games, but to contend it down to the last four games where you, you again you're, you you want to critique his shooting efficiency. He's shooting 27.5% from the field, 25% from 3. Sure he's grabbing six rebounds, has is averaging a pair of assists and almost uh, 11 points per game, but th- those efficiency numbers they just they have to come up you know, I, and and I hope that he's not approaching it that way because that's only going to add pressure to him. But um, they they have to come up. They need to see that kind of take a turn and and correct itself. And we've seen Max go through these efforts before. He's clearly a a kid that could come out and you know feel like he doesn't miss a shot against San Diego State. Yeah. But um, you know he he needs to uh. You're right, man. Like the, those efficiency numbers are, are hard to ignore. Yes, he does a lot of other things for this team. You know, he came up with a late steal against UNLV that, um, you know, helped get, Bo- get Boise State back into that game. Uh, he's, you know, if there's anybody in in uh, on the team you want at the free throw line, it's probably Max Rice. Yeah. You know, we, we mentioned a bunch of missed free throws at the end of the UNLV game. You know, he didn't miss his free throws for the most actually i think he missed one now that i say that either way like Ma- max rice is is pretty money in those situations so um yeah they, they need him they need no he didn't miss any free throws max was two you know, of so, two of in that yeah.
2: game and he was six of six i believe from the line in the in the uh uh nevada game uh, as well uh
1: he's six 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 of six against colorado state too and then closing out that game so yeah yeah he does things that you know are more you know that offer value besides shooting percentages but he's a shooter man and with the way teams again are, are trying to tackle omar stanley where they're no, no longer letting him just go one-on-one all game they, they need a guy like max to knock down some shots you know and yeah. um you know it, it's not going to be perfect all season i, I, I want to say that too like if anybody thought that they were just going to run through the mountain west slate of games without any adversity or any struggles that's such a ridiculous like expectation to have of this team it's going to happen there yeah. are ebbs and flows but it's all about how you respond leon rice said that after the game is the bench going to bring the juice you know like are, are they going to embrace their role and try to impact the game even if they get one second to do it they have to do that from the jump boise state has to bring it tomorrow and the i mean this is this is a point where the Broncos have to respond if they want to consider themselves title contenders. You have to defend your home floor. You have to re- you respond from a loss, and you have to do it against a a team that is sitting in that next spot outside the AP top twenty-five right now. San yeah. Diego State's at at twenty-six you know, in the, uh, AP top 25, I know people get frustrated when you say that, but they're the first team on the outside of the poll, And if they win this game, they're probably back inside the top 25. So, sure. um, it, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a special atmosphere and a special game tomorrow.
2: Yeah. And, and Bronco races, I'm stirring the max rice issue again. I'm not stirring anything. I'm just looking at facts. I, we like max rice. I actually believe that max rice is going to get it going. I I, I call me Dude, a max. We, rice, we call me a max rice, other. uh Homer. Every time he takes a three pointer, I think it's going in and maybe I have the same, you know, uh blind faith that Leon has at this point. I don't know, but I, I saw what he did last year. I, I mm. have the faith in him that he is going to turn it around. And I think Leon does. And I, I, Nothing against R.J. Keen or any of the other guys. I just don't know who else you're giving yeah. 10 of his minutes to at this that, point. And so I, let me just – hold on one second, Jay. I just want to yeah. get this clear, like, in case, you know, whoever's watching this or whatever. Like, I, I – I am not advocating benching Max Rice. I uh, if Could you get him a couple minutes here and there? Would he be better at 35 than 38? I think so. I would like to see him get spelled a little bit. Uh, I do think that'd be good for everybody, but I don't think benching Max Rice is the answer or giving half of his minutes to Andrew Meadow is the answer. Um, I believe he still has a lot of big shots to make this season and is going to do well. We're just pointing out the facts. He has not shot the ball great this year. 20, I think 33% from three for the season. It's below 30% in conference play, and if this team wants to do, what they want to do this year. They need Max Rice to be a, a major contributor. I think Leon would say that. I think Max would say yeah. that. Like He has largely uh, underperformed to what I think expectations were this year. And so those are facts. I'm not stirring anything up. Um, but I, I, I also, while pointing out the facts of, of his struggles shooting Believe he's going to turn it around and have some big shots left, and I think he's going to do some some big things the rest of the year and help this team win. And it would not shock me at all. We we both said it last game; it was going to be the Max I, I, game, and I wouldn't. I
1: was going to bring up BJ. We were sitting there arguing long. on press row. We, we were sitting there arguing on press row about who predicted it first, and I I really felt the UNLV game was going to be a bit of a breakout for for Max, and so yeah. uh, we might sit on press row and have the same argument tomorrow because I I think that the bit
2: exactly if he scores 23 points and hits five threes tomorrow.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't. So we'll, we'll see if it, if it can yeah. happen, but, and I'm rooting right. for it. He's a good
2: guy. Great guy. I mean, we mm-hmm. never want to see anybody do bad. Like I just, uh, somehow we're stirring it up by pointing out facts. Like you look at this team mm-hmm. and why they're struggling at this point. Like Max Rice needs to shoot a little better. I don't think anybody would deny that. I don't think that's taking some huge shot at Max Rice. Like he's, but, and if he has some huge game tomorrow, maybe he's going to say, Oh, you guys didn't think I could shoot. I proved you all wrong. Well, great like let him if that's what's going to fire him up that's fine like but we're not saying that he's a very talented shooter that's just having a rough go for 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 a good chunk of this season he had the three huge games there jay where he hit at least five threes i think three games in a row Mm -hmm. against western oregon and you uh it was you know basically no namers there in the middle of december um and you take away those 16 threes and the rest of the stats before that and after that just haven't been good, but I've seen him make too many shots. I've seen him go on too many runs. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Brian Dutcher is still very concerned and worried about Max Rice going into tomorrow's game. And so, uh, I just want to make sure I, I make that known that we're not stirring anything up. And, and, uh, we're, if we want to call us Max Rice homers, whatever, I think we've stuck to the facts here. He needs to play better, but I think both of us still expect that he will.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm right there. And I, I, I just don't, For all the people out there, and it's and you usually get whether he scores 30 or five, you usually get somebody that complains to you about how many minutes he's getting, or um, you know, things like that. And 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 my response to that is who you who you giving him to? You know, like I I don't you you just want to take take him out of the lineup? Like Mm -hmm. who who else do you think is gonna give you what he gives you if you play somebody else 35 minutes? Agreed. That's not that's not going to be a recipe for success. I, I I like the fact what you said, like, yes, if you could just get him a few less minutes, maybe you keep him fresh. Max has played a ton of games, logged a ton of minutes. Um, he's had health, you know, concerns in the past with his back and things like that. So if you yeah. can take again a little of the wear and tear off of him, it would be huge. And Leon's got to figure out a way to do that, man. And I don't think it's necessarily second half substitutions because um, not only has Leon, you know, historically, you know, ridden his starters hard in the second half, but when you're going into games like this, anybody's going to ride their starters a little harder in the second half. Wow. I, I think it's going to be important to keep those guys in that 15 minute range in the first half, right? You go into the locker room, you get that breather, and then all of a sudden it allows them, if, if they're playing, you know, that, 18 to 20 minutes in in the second half, that that's still you know you're looking at 33 to 35 minutes a game somewhere in that range probably, and so I, I just I think if they can get to that, that would be the recipe for success. But Bob's right on this, man. You really can't tell with Max. First shot goes down, let's go, and and if it doesn't, it's going to be a bit of a arduous task, if you will. But you know there, there was a few games ago where Max had a big game and. He really slowed himself down, especially in the paint. I, I think you're going to see Max collect himself to, uh, against San Diego State, and I, I think you're going to see him focus on his pace. And um, I just, I, I think you're going to see him respond. I, I don't know if I'll, I'll wait for Press Row to predict who the who the star player of the game is going to be. I'm not ready to go that far yet. Um, in terms of saying Max is going to lead the you know the, the you know the game in scoring or something like that, yep. but he I just think he's a guy that knows how to respond. He's an absolute film junkie. Um, playing on a Tuesday game on a Saturday, he's probably had a little more time to um, you know prepare, recover, all of those things. I I just think you're going to see him come out in a much more deliberate fashion and and use his experience to his advantage against San Diego State.
2: Yeah, we'll see. And again, if there's four and a half minutes left and you're down five and you need a big three, you know nothing against R.J. Keen. But do you really want R.J. Keen or Kobe Young taking that shot over Max Rice? I, I, I don't think so at this point. So uh, I think there's some ways, Jay. Yeah, give him a few extra minutes here and there. Maybe he doesn't need to take twelve shots. Maybe it's eight or nine. Um, again, for me, a lot of it is the the like floaters and layups last mm-hmm. year that were all going in or just rimming off. It's just been kind of weird. But uh, we yeah, all and- love we all love John Mallory, by the way. Uh, he's our guy, right? Uh, I yeah. don't know if this is true or not, but uh, what do you make of Sky Ship here? He says that if Max hits five threes, ball game set on the radio, he will lead the court storm tomorrow.
1: I man, I was holding Johnny down after Max's first three against UNLV. I was sitting I next to, go to him. the
2: third row at press row.
1: Yeah, so I was sitting next to him. I was like, "Do not now, bad time. What's in the middle of the game?" But he was threatening, man. He was he was ready to roll. You know, he
2: was ready to go. Well, we know Johnny has taken a selfie with Max Rice on the court. Uh, after the uh after they beat San Diego State last year and stormed the court. <laughs> um Max uh Johnny got a selfie with Max Rice uh, to celebrate uh senior night. I believe that was the game and winning the hey, whatever living
1: the, the moment there,
2: uh clinching a spot in the NCAA tournament probably so um yeah we'll see what John Mallory I you, uh, similar tomorrow a court storm though. I mean I know I'm the old guy and I've started to I'm starting to like not care as much if you want to do it cool, but like they're not even ranked. Like it's a gonna it's a when the spread comes out today, it's gonna to be a pick 'em or a one point spread, two point spread I either think, way. I, like
1: I bet you San Diego State's gonna be favored tomorrow.
2: But is it still one or two points? Is that still enough for a court storm? Maybe national CBS. I don't know. But like, what does tomorrow's win get you? Like it doesn't put you in the NCAA tournament, it doesn't win you the Mountain West. It doesn't give you a win over a ranked team. I, I'm I'm starting to soften my stance on it, but that even tomorrow might be a mm-hmm. little too far for me yeah, to it's, yeah, you
1: to and you on. and Justin Schultz just standing there with your megaphones yelling, get off my lawn okay i don't want anyone to have fun no fun for anyone i don't care okay get off my lawn no court storming kurt agrees it's called it's college it's college hoops whatever do it kids go crazy whatever you feel is right go for it
2: ah jordan says get off my lawn (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man some bill said it's warmer on the court is it warmer down on the court probably to keep the student section full and returning jordan says because if so maybe you do it to let them have some fun hey, it,
1: i think if you're boise state it's all about experience whatever, all right when the, win the game tomorrow experience. and storm the
2: court i'm fine with it all right who cares storm the court I, I i don't know how that would look i mean boise state has also beaten san diego state i think it's five of the last six times in boise mm-hmm. like san diego state has come up here and not done like it doesn't maybe seem that way um mm-hmm. Kareem says it's San Diego State man it's a must court. it's a must court storm game. Uh maybe it is but
1: what do we got to do to to storm the softball field this spring? I think that that is I feel
0: like I, Justin
2: Jordan, Schultz and the blocking the grass and the dirt yeah. not wanting anybody out there.
1: Jordan, you have a new task, a new responsibility. We uh we need you to bring the uh the blue collar crew uh, all up to the to a big softball game this spring uh one that would justify a field storm and uh we need to, you guys need to like carry Schultz off the field and change his opinion about courts, uh, court storming or field storming.
2: I signed off. I just, I just, I just, I just, uh, right here on the show, you know what, Jay, every game the rest of the season, you beat San Jose State at home in a couple of weeks, you better storm the court. <laughs> every game, you storm the turn court, it the rest thing. Of the
1: turn it into a thing. You just storm the court after every game.
2: I mentioned something to uh, Nico Medved about that at Media Days. I said, Yeah, you guys storm the court on whatever. Nico's like, Yeah, we storm the court pretty much every game. And so, I mean, it is what it is, but you know what? Go for it. Why not? I, I'm not going to, I will not say another word about storming the court. You just <laughs> want to storm the court, you storm the court. I went to a place where they never, they have never stormed the court one time in their history. So it's hard for me to. Uh, yeah, that sounds boring. Yeah. I take that back. They did when they won the championship in 08. They had a watch party at the game uh, on, on the big screens, and everyone stormed the court at that mm-hmm. point. Um, if Jay's mic is not muted the next show, we're storming the court. That's what Kareem the Dream says.
0: You, okay. went, a whole
2: show th- you went a whole show this time without doing it. So I, think ba- I mean, we
1: still got two minutes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we, we, we're so far. Uh, Jay should take the weather segment tonight and predict thunderstorms at 100% at 2 p.m. tomorrow-ish. There you go. Boom. 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Come on, everyone's gonna be home. A little
1: ready. late. I don't want yeah. overtime. I'll take two. Or t- take one, I mean. Yeah.
2: All right. You win the game tomorrow. You storm the court, Bronco Nation. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right, go for it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I've I decided do think- that I'm being too much of an old guy. I, I don't 100% sign off with it. I think it should be reserved personally for a top 10, huge, special type of game. Um, but if it's, yeah, it's yeah, having you, fun, again, and it is what it you, is.
1: You joke around about Kansas how often do they get a host top 10 matchups? Like that happens Boise state in, in the mountain West. Like you're that's lucky fine. if you get one Seriously, of those every a lot five of opportunities
2: years. for a true court storming. All
1: yeah, right. exactly. So any, anybody that's in the top 25 and by the way, Colorado state is 24 in the coaches poll at the very least. So they are in the top 25, some somewhere do whatever, do whatever.
2: All right. Well, I, I'm not ripping on the fans. You guys can act however you want. I'm not going to make a positive or negative comment about the court storming uh for the rest of the season. If you want to do I'm it, I'm excited though, man.
1: If you I, do I, it, I, have I, fun. I really am excited for tomorrow's game. Tyson Dagenhardt at the end of the UNLV game, like he really did try to put Boise State on his back. I mean, he was on attack mode. He's getting one-on-one matchups and getting after it. And, you know, he finishes with over 20 points. He's now top five in the Mountain West and scoring in league games. He's he was outstanding the other night. Um I expect him to to be the same. I want to see him get, get it going a little bit early. I I know that in the past, Leon has said like, he's so good at like picking and choosing and letting the game come to him. But with with six minutes to go in the first half, I don't want to see Tyson with one shot, man. Like I, I want to see him, uh, you know, them find a way. I, even if you, you gotta find a way, then right, like find a way to put him in those positions. Like, um, he's so good, he's such a winner, he's so tough, he's the tone setter for your program. And one could argue that the city of Boise right now, with uh, you know, how many people are paying attention to this basketball team, yeah. get him going and, and let him run.
2: You gotta get him going earlier, but you also have to keep Abo going in the second half. Yep. They and, basically and, have been all have been opposites lately.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 that's fine. Like, go ahead and pick and choose there, but you know, it. I, I agree. Like, it bozo when he gets going, man, he gets going. But then, like, you'll kind of look up and you're like, man, he had 15 at halftime. Wow, there's three minutes to go. He's got 15 minutes to go. He's got 15 in the game. So he didn't
2: score uh, in the second half in the UNLV game.
1: Right. So if they, they could find a way to sustain that a little bit more, but I, I here's a deal. I'll sum it up like this because I know we're we're near the end of the shot clock here. B.J. The team's not perfect, and nobody expected them to be. They're still very very good. And they got a chance to prove it tomorrow against Colorado or against San Diego State that they're one of the best in the Mountain West and a top um, NCAA tournament, you know, contender to get into to March Madness again. And uh, I know that we're still a month and a half away from really deciding that, but it begins tom- tomorrow for the Boise State men's basketball team. Time for the Broncos to go get it.
2: Somebody asked if it's a must-win game. I would say it's it's not a must-win game in terms of getting to the Big Dance. But I would say Jay if you want to win the Mountain West, it probably is a must win game. To lose two straight home games that makes it really hard to win the Mountain West if you lose two straight home games. So I'm going to say mm-hmm. if you want to if you have realistic expectations of winning an outright regular season Mountain West title, I think you need to win tomorrow.
0: Yep, agreed. You, you,
2: you still got I don't want to say four losses left, but you still have to go to the pit. You still have to go to VA house. You still have to go to Logan. You still have to go to, uh, Colorado state. Like that's four games. Like you'd be lucky to go one and three in those four games. So you probably have at minimum three more losses on your schedule, which puts you at four conference losses. And we've said all along, we're not sure they can go more than five, um, to have a realistic chance here. So I think tomorrow for a lot of reasons is a, is a very, very big game. And, CBS will have it. Clark Kellogg will be on the call. Jay, appreciate you for joining us. We'll be watching uh, tonight on uh, KTVB. We'll be watching uh, your reports and stuff getting ready for the game tomorrow. We'll see you at Extra Mile Arena. But Clark Kellogg, CBS announcer, he is on the game tomorrow and he's uh popping on to join us from the airport in Atlanta. We'll talk to him next. Clark Kellogg, Bronco Nation News next. Right back in 90 seconds. Bronco Nation News is sponsored by Tommy Alquist and Ball Ventures Alquist. Idaho's premier commercial real estate development company. BVA projects specialize in office, retail, flex, medical, and industrial spaces located at some of the most strategic and visible locations in the Valley. Need a developer? Looking for new space? Think BVA. At BVA, we are Idaho's developer. The Nicolason family and SON management have proudly been operating Taco Bell restaurants in and around the Treasure Valley since 1969. One of the first to make a seven-figure donation to the Lyle Smith Society, they've also stepped up their support of Boise State Athletics with the Taco Bell Men's and Women's Basketball Endowed Scholarships. The Nicolason family and SON management have committed at least $310,000 by 2026. Get more information on their financial support of Boise State Athletics and find information on applying to work at Taco Bell at TacoBellWorks.com. Lithia Ford of Boise is a proud supporter of Boise State Athletics and the official car and truck of the Broncos. Lithia Ford of Boise supports Bronco student-athletes through NIL deals, including providing Ford vehicles to Taylor Green and Riley Smith from the football team and Paige Barsh from the volleyball team. Rain's family purchased our F-150 from Lithia Ford. Couldn't be happier with the purchase. Check out the all-electric F-150 Lightning or the electric Mustang Mach-E at Lithia Ford, and make sure to check out their full inventory of vehicles at LithiaFordBoise.com. The Blue and Orange Store is the perfect spot to get all your gear for your next Bronco game. The Blue and Orange Store has official Nike apparel, including jerseys, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, and more. Wear what the Broncos wear and get it at the Blue and Orange Store, the second floor of the Boise Town Square Mall, or get
0: free shipping on a $40 order online at theblueandorangestore.com. All right, as promised, continuing along here on Bronco Nation News on a Friday
2: uh, barely 24 hours till tip-off, kind of a rare 11 a.m. game here. Big uh, big excitement on the show here, big excitement in Boise for CBS to be in town, San Diego State to be in town, and this man, Clark Kellogg, the lead analyst for CBS on uh, their college basketball coverage. Nice enough uh, in between flights to give us a few minutes of his time <laughs> here. Uh,
0: Clark, really appreciate it, man. Looking forward to having you in Boise. How's it going? Very much looking forward to getting there, BJ. I'm doing great. I get to do something that a lot of people would love to be able to do bounce around and enjoy talking about college basketball with a great team of colleagues and my first visit to Boise and very much looking forward to it.
2: Yeah I was uh, at 34,000 feet uh, flying
0: last Saturday coming
2: back to Boise after their win against uh, Nevada the night before and was watching that New Mexico uh, San Diego State game and and heard you say at halftime that you'd never been to Boise before and that you were
0: doing the game and right away. I said, I got to track down some contact info for him (laughs) somehow. And uh, my friend, Rich, Course of the time that I've been at CBS as part of the tournament, but had never had the privilege of of being there myself. So, uh, very much looking forward to uh, being there and seeing a great game. I mean, two outstanding teams. The Mountain West is a terrific conference, top to bottom. And uh, San Diego State has been the bell cow. I mean, they've been phenomenal across the country, but particularly in the Mountain West championship program in every way. Um, I actually had their game out in. in um, San Diego against UNLV a couple weeks ago with Rich. And uh, they were solid that day, and they got a good win earlier this week. And this is going to be a fun one here. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll get to the matchup here in a minute. But uh, just – just
2: uh, I know you do a lot of the studio work, but still getting a chance to get out and go to some games and be in the environments with the crowds and stuff. Uh, how much do you, uh, even after all these years, uh, still enjoy, uh, you know, Get sitting there at half court with a headset on and calling these games. And and what have you heard about, uh, I guess, the city in Boise and an extra mile arena? And it's going to be a sellout crowd tomorrow. should be
0: fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, I love what I get to do in every aspect of it, BJ. Uh, to interact with players and coaches and officials and fans is really a treat. My work is primarily in the studio at this stage in my journey. Um, but I always enjoy and never take for granted the privilege of being able to be courtside to have the kind of access we do and to see some of the great venues. I mean, the Mountain West has some tremendous venues and uh, Boise is one of those places. I mean, it's a uh, special place. The crowd will be alive. I mean, you can feel it and see it through television and to have a chance to be amongst the people that will be there um, courtside is a great adrenaline rush for me, even after 30 plus years of doing it. It never, never gets old. Um, I never, ever take it for granted. I'm extremely grateful. And um, I love what basketball has meant to me for, oh, my goodness, for over 50 years of my life in um, every capacity. Yeah, not trying to age you at all, but, I mean, you think about your playing career and
2: uh, McDonald's All-American, first-round graphic. I mean, you probably saw yourself having this uh, – making yourself as a player, which you did, but obviously the injuries kind of cut that short. I mean, uh, when did you kind of realize that – broadcasting was something you kind of wanted to, to, to try? And when did you kind of realize, hey, I might be able to make a second career out of this?
0: You know, when I had to retire from the Pacers in 1987 because of trouble with my left knee, um, I was always a student of the game. I loved reading about it, talking to my late dad about it, about the players he played against and the greats way before me. So I was always a student of the game. I loved reading and communicating. So when I had to retire, um, I got an opportunity with the Indiana Pacers on radio to stay involved with that franchise, which had been my home as an NBA player. Loved the city of Indianapolis, and that was the beginning. And once I got started, BJ, um, I was rough around the edges like anybody doing something for the first time, but I knew I wanted to do it well. I thought I could do it well. And I had a ton of folks come alongside me, partners and producers and directors that really helped me grow. And I got better fast. I was doing Pacers Radio. I did Cleveland State University television. I'm a Cleveland native. And that was right out of the chute. I retired in August of 87, um, right after the Pacers had drafted Reggie Miller, and um, was had a full slate of broadcasting assignments between radio and Cleveland State TV right away. And that began to whet the appetite. And I said, I think I might make a run at this. I'm certainly going to give it my best effort. I'm going to approach it like I played. I want to excel. I want to be good. I want to be a good teammate. And lo and behold, uh, I've been at it for um, closing in on 40 years, man, which is and, uh, remarkable to think about. And you got an awesome career. You've done a lot
2: of cool things. But I don't know if there's anything cooler than being in a video game. Uh, your voice on uh, <laughs> NBA 2K, uh, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, that, that's got to be pretty cool. That had to be pretty cool. And I know that's uh, something, too, that uh, will go on, you know, with my kids have old video yeah. games and stuff. And that's uh, that's got to be cool. Oh, it's beyond cool. And how old are your kids, B.J.? Uh, Six and eight. But dad okay, can't so afford dad can't afford the 24, 23 NBA 2K. So we go back to the 17, w- 18 ones, you know, the older ones. Well, I, you know what? <laughs> I wish
0: I would have known that. I would have brought you a copy out. If oh, I for sure. I'll, I'll keep you in mind going <laughs> forward. But, yeah, it's been an unbelievable uh, journey with that franchise. Kevin Harlan and I and a ton of other announcers are part of it. And um, I, Kevin and I have been um, – I think this is my 15th year of doing that and um, it's connected me to a full generation of folks who have no idea that uh are you well i'm actually in the game now i think you can find me as oh wow. an old school as an old school player if you look far enough and hard enough um so i'm actually in it but um, for a lot of people they know me through broadcasting if they follow hoops they don't recognize that there was a time when i was actually out there making plays between the lines so it's pretty cool to be connected to folks that love the game in that kind of way, particularly young folks. I think it's pretty cool that they can learn while playing the game. They can learn a little bit of the history of the game as well.
2: I just know you as the guy that lost to president Obama and horse. I mean, that's
0: come on now. <laughs> oh, man, You sound like some of my uh, basketball fraternity brothers who still look at me, <laughs> look at me with disdain whenever that comes up because I, they feel like I let them down when I didn't you win. Let the, you were letting the president win, right? You got to. I, I, I gave him some momentum that he took advantage of. I really didn't want him to win. I wanted to allow him to keep it close, but <laughs> as you know, when momentum starts, it it's hard to, to change it, and so it's still one of the great moments I've had the privilege of having. Actually, it's way at the top of the list for my experiences in basketball to have a chance to have played with um, President Obama in a fun uh, fun setting there at the White House.
2: Uh, Clark Kellogg, our guest, for a couple more minutes before he uh, boards his flight to Boise. We're previewing the uh, big game tomorrow. Boise State, San Diego State, CBS, big CBS. Uh, CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network's done a lot of games here, but uh, big CBS, it's a
0: big deal here in Boise. I think it's the first ever Boise State game on CBS. I think, I think it might be. I think yeah. you may be actually right on top of that. I'm pretty sure you're you're right, BJ, and it's a pri- privilege for me to have a chance with Spiro Adidas, and the rest of our crew to be uh, uh, call in the okay. action.
2: What uh I, I know you're gonna probably talk to the coaches and players and stuff either tonight or tomorrow before the game and you're still doing your prep, but uh just from afar, what's your take on Leon Rice and this Boise State program and and uh you know what what
0: they've done I guess in the past, but also uh this year here. Very impressive. He's an impressive guy. He's been a terrific coach even as an assistant at Gonzaga and he's done a great job in his tenure there in terms of championship caliber, NCAA tournament, postseason play for the um, Broncos. Um, Got a lot of respect and admiration and appreciation for for Leon, not just because of what he does, but how he does it. I mean, he does it in a way that um, impacts young men that he's entrusted to in a a positive manner while having success and being competitive. That's what you want to see happen in the world of of collegiate, even high school athletics. Um, The program is solid. And this year is maybe one of the stronger years in the Mountain West overall. I mean, you're looking at where teams are ranked in the net. I think half a dozen in the top 70 or so in the net rankings. And every game's a challenge. Um, and it's a fun league to cover. It really is. So uh, i am been impressed from afar with what the Broncos have been able to do um, under Leon Rice and his staff.
2: Now, 0-9 all time, kind of the monkey on their back. They've never won an NCAA tournament game, 0-9. Yeah. Leon's 0-4, and, and the last couple of years they, they've got there and thought they had a chance and had some bad matchups. But uh, this this would be the first time in school history they even get to three tournaments in a row if they can get mm-hmm. there. Yep. Uh, but a lot of fans in Boise, like, you know, there was a lot of hype coming into this season up until the loss the other night against UNLV. I mean, they were really there was really a ton of positive momentum. I know people are still excited, but uh, is, is this team talented enough? Maybe, maybe this is a better question for after Saturday's game when you see them in person, but, I mean, is this – is it the team that you think can, can get in, not only get in, but finally uh, break through
0: this year? Yeah, you know, breaking through in the tournament, getting there is the accomplishment. It's hard. It's really hard. And I know fans are impatient and you want to win. Coaches and players do too, but it's difficult. And the tournament is a one-game issue, and that tends to create a lot of challenge to advance. Seeding is a factor. The matchup is even more of a factor. Who do you play? How are they playing? What's the state of your team? So, yeah, I think based on the games I've watched, and I've watched half a dozen, this is a really solid team. They've got enough experience and enough raw material, but then it's a matter of continuing to play well. And then, B.J., you want to be playing your best basketball as you get to the tournament and try not to have one of those off games because, again, it's a one-and-done situation. So as unpredictable as the tournament is, you look at the Broncos, if they're there. Uh, they would have a chance, I would think, to to beat whoever they would play against, assuming it was a reasonable matchup, obviously. There's some teams How, out there that are pretty much separated from the pack right now.
2: From, from a national perspective, what did San Diego State's run last year do to uh, help the validity of the, the Mountain West as a whole in this conference and, and for the, the league to back it up with maybe five, six teams worthy of a tournament this year right after San Diego State went to the title game? I know you've mentioned the Mountain West kind of being a good league, and I think for a while a lot of people have slept on it, a lot of late-night games and stuff out west. But I think this year it's finally getting the attention it deserves, as evident by – I think this is the third Saturday in a row that the Mountain West will have a game on CBS.
0: Yeah, you know, obviously it raises your level of notoriety. For those of us who cover college basketball on a regular basis, we understand how good the Mountain West is and how good the teams and coaches are. But there is a validation that comes with – winning in the tournament, having a team get to the Final Four championship game. There's no denying that. That clearly elevates the status. But it doesn't dismiss the accomplishment of what's taking place. When you get multiple teams to the tournament, there aren't a lot of leagues that do that. So that clearly is a level of, um, of um, excellence. And then obviously the next level is can you put together a run? And I'm one that doesn't believe you can be a champion without winning championships. Sure. And you can be a really good program and maybe have some tough times in the tournament. But winning conference championships, competing for those, I know it sometimes gets lost. But I don't think we should lose uh, lose, lose lose track of what that means. I mean, those are significant. Now, you always want to get to the next run. I mean, it's like playing golf. If you shoot 80, you want to break 80. And if you it's more like a hundred
2: for me. I'm, I'm shooting yeah, to break no, no, hundred no. most. Of it. It's all
0: relative. My point is that you're always striving to try to do a little better, and um, hopefully the Broncos will be able to get there and break through with the win during March Madness. Two two
2: quick state of the game questions, and we'll get you out of here. And I really appreciate your time. Fans are loving this, but transfer portal, NIL, the whole no. state of college basketball. You've seen it from when none of this was happening all the way through this now. What do you make of now we have legislation in Congress trying to get rid of the, you know, multiple time transfer rules and all this kind of stuff. And we're seeing NIL and and uh, this everything that's going on there. We had the FBI case with all these schools the last couple of years. What do you just make about the, the state of the game of college basketball right now?
0: In general, we're in transition, but life is transition and transformation. That's going to be always part of our existence. And we clearly are in a unique time. I think NIL and the transfer portal long overdue. As a matter of fact, there are only a few sports where you couldn't transfer and play right away, uh, men's and women's basketball, football, and there was one other sport. So now having the chance, I don't know if multiple transfers should be allowed. That, to me, smells a little bit of just being a bit mercenary, maybe losing track of the educational component. But I'm all for students having the right that are athletes to not be penalized for being on scholarship, which is what NIL is about, and then having the ability to transfer. Within reason, every other student, the school might be too big. The style of play might not work. You wanna be close. There's all kinds of reasons that you should be allowed to transfer. Now, multiple times, let's think about what that is and maybe have some parameters on that. But by and large, we have a great opportunity amidst the challenges, BJ, those who are gonna make decisions to really create a model that's education-centric. It needs to be, if we're talking about college athletics, and still is economically realistic because there is a business component to it that's experiential enhancing for the young people that are playing the sports because education, we know, we know education is a life changer, yep. And if sports can be a vehicle for young people to have the opportunity to get a life-changing experience through education, we should be doing everything we can to make sure that that is still available within a sustainable, realistic, fair model. And that's going to take significant work and an openness to things being different than they ever have been before. And that's not necessarily bad. I totally agree with that. I mean, I'm a basketball junkie, Clark. Like,
2: I I, I study the Ken Palm, the net rankings. Like, when I can't sleep at 3 in the morning and I roll over, I look to see if the net's been updated yet. I mean, I'm just—I uh, mean, I just like to look at the quad system and all this, but nobody can figure out exactly what, like, how you get the net ranking. And I know, like, there was a game. You know, some of these teams are beating bad teams by 40 points and moving up 30 spots in the net ranking. And a team like Boise State's challenging itself against Clemson on the road. And some of these tournaments, and maybe doesn't have as high of a ranking as some of these other Mountain West teams that largely didn't challenge themselves. What's your take, I guess, on the net ranking and? And its impact, and just the the saber metrics and analytics and all this, and how we're uh, how we're picking teams for the tournament and stuff these days.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's the best model of an imperfect system. It's impossible to really quantify and qualify all of the numbers in a way that seems fair to everybody. I think the best answer is to do what you know you need to do in challenging yourself and stack wins and be healthy and playing your best basketball. And I think since we've expanded to 68 teams, there's very few occasions where anybody has a legitimate gripe if they haven't been included in the field of 68. And to me, that speaks volumes. Clearly, we've got a good formula. We've got a magic event and product in college hoops. And there always are going to be some a few, a few disappointments, but rare. Rare. So I think you do the things that you believe are important to giving yourself the best chance based on your program and team you challenge yourself you play good people and then you stack wins because ultimately that's the greatest way to make your case
2: well final question for you we really appreciate your time 16 plus minutes here and I'm very thankful uh the game tomorrow sure, 11 a.m cbs boise idaho uh the national stage broncos had the nation's longest home court winning streak yeah, uh, 22 games and uh couldn't make a free throw uh, against UNLV down the stretch oh, and, and, they, and, and, and they couldn't
0: get a key they couldn't get a key defensive rebound either no that was no the biggest gave, thing. And that was the biggest i was gonna thing. say yep. they
2: gave up uh you know a yep. lot of offensive rebounds and yep. san diego state just got 20 offensive rebounds yep. uh, so that's probably one
0: of them but i guess final thing what are just your your keys to this game what are you going to be looking for tomorrow well these teams are so similar so good defensively defense-centric teams share the ball It's going to come down. I think, obviously, rebounding is going to be a big factor. Can you squeeze out some easy buckets? Can you find some fast break opportunities? Can you make your free throws when you get them? I think you've got to keep San Diego State off the free throw line if you're Boise. I mean, they average 23 attempts a game from the line, and they shoot 70-plus percent from the line as a group. So you've got to do a good job defending them without fouling, and that's hard when you've got a guy like Ladeep. Rebounding always a key. Both of these teams take good care of the basketball. Um, pace is going to be moderate. In my opinion, it won't be a game. baskets, And you get second shots, fast break points, those kind of things. And then the three-point shot. Neither of these teams shoot a bunch of them. They're not really strong, prolific three-point shooting teams. But in a game, yeah, perhaps you find eight out of 22 or whatever it might be a little above your norm, and that could be a differentiator as well. So those are kind of the things that I'm looking at that might impact who comes out on top of this well we appreciate your
2: time i've had i've seen three or four people behind you there kind of going is that clark kellogg i mean i don't know if you got the shirt <laughs> i don't know if you have the, the glossy photos and the sharpie with you but you might have some uh signatures there in the airports at the sign but uh we uh we really appreciate it i know you're going on uh, KTIK radio this afternoon here in voicing yep. our partners as well so hopefully folks will listen to that but uh, looking forward to
0: seeing you in the morning and, and safe travels and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow Very much so, BJ. Appreciate the time, man. Great to hang out with you. And I look forward to seeing you in 3D up close and in person tomorrow. I don't know if that's such a good thing, but uh, (laughs) it will be. It will be. Appreciate it, Clark. Thanks. All right, man. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye.
2: There he is, Clark Kellogg. We appreciate him for joining us on Bronco Nation News. Again, BNN50Deals, the promo code. I have to uh, admit that I forgot to get the wheel ready, so we will do it on the pregame show tomorrow. A bigger viewership for the pregame show anyway, so we'll give you one more day to sign up if you're interested. BNN50Deals, that promo code, uh, $50 for a full year at BronconationNews.com. And our big giveaway tomorrow is this grill this uh, good old fashioned charcoal barbecue pit. We have some gift cards to the James kitchen and bar. I've got to pick two and I actually have to do this now because, uh, I'll do this here in a second, but I've got two gift cards to the James to give away. And then I've also got, uh, our giveaway tomorrow that we'll give away to our uh, paying subscribers, which is going to be this, uh, grill, uh, right here. So, uh, BNN 50 deal is the promo code and we would, uh, Love to have you sign up, and we would love to uh, give this to you if you're able to uh, win the uh, win our uh, win our contest. So a lot of cool things going on with Bronco Nation News BNN fifty deal is the promo code, and again, our grand prize is uh, the trip for two on the private jet. So the trip for two on the private jet to San Diego. Final game of the season and we're giving that away here in a couple of weeks to our yearly paying subscribers so you can sign up for a yearly uh subscription at uh bronconationnews.com again the promo code bnn 50 deal and you get 50 bucks for the full year let's see if i can do this on the fly okay so we have 27 of you that made comments and this is a new uh, thing that uh, that I can do with the StreamYard technology here. So we'll see if I can uh, share the correct screen. StreamYard has a giveaway tool that lets us do it during the, uh, during the show here. So 27 of you uh, put comments in here during the show. And so we're going to give away a $25 gift card to the James Kitchen and Bar. And we're going through right here our... Uh, Our 27 of you that made a comment today and our winner is going to be Dayton Robinson. is our first winner. This is a way to go, Dayton. Nice work for you. A $25 gift card to the James Kitchen and Bar. Again, they have awesome uh, premium cocktails. We've got great food too for folks that uh, don't drink. Uh, Great full menu and uh, the pizza is tremendous. Some other great stuff as well. So our first winner is uh, Dayton Robinson, and we will draw again for one more $25 gift card to the James Kitchen and Bar. And this is for anyone that made a comment during the show today. We appreciate all of you. Derek Morales. Our other winner is uh, Derek Morales. So congratulations to you, uh, Derek. So Derek... Um, I believe I will give the names to the James and they will write your names down. Derek Morales and Dayton Robinson. Congratulations, uh, to you guys. And we'll have some more tomorrow as well. We appreciate you guys all for commenting and watching the show. Our actual giveaway for subscribers will be tomorrow morning on the pregame show. And, uh, the James kitchen and bar perfect spot after the game tomorrow. You want to get some lunch, get some drinks, celebrate, hopefully a Boise state win. Check out the James kitchen and bar. Right across the street from uh, Albertson Stadium, Uh, let the traffic die down, walk over and have lunch, have some drinks, watch some college basketball on TV, and let the traffic die down. Go back and get your car on the way home from the game. So perfect post-game spot tomorrow, the James Kitchen and Bar. So uh, congratulations to both of you guys for winning. Uh, Thank you, guys. Brent says great interview, uh, great questions. there we go. Awesome interview. Super impressive uh, interview. Sam says, uh, get him on the show, open up like that. Uh, impressive. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate all you guys for the kind words on the interview there. Uh, nice of him between flights to uh, jump on uh, from the Atlanta airport. I've done that flight. Not a fun flight. Atlanta to Boise. It's like four plus hours in the air and uh, safe travels for Clark on his way to Boise. San Diego State, they're flying this afternoon as well. Quick turnaround for them. They only had one day, one full day of prep yesterday. They played Wednesday night. Boise State played on Tuesday. So obviously Boise State gets to stay at home as well and have the extra tra- the extra day. San Diego State played Wednesday late and then had yesterday and then already is turning around and flying today. So the uh, from a preparation standpoint, Boise State would seem to have uh, the edge a little bit uh, as well there. So, um, again, appreciate you guys for, for watching. Thanks so much. Tell your friends. Go subscribe if you can. BNN50Deals, that promo code, and we'll make uh, some drawings on the pregame show tomorrow. We'll be live around 10 o'clock, early pregame show. This is the first time in a while I'm going to have to set an alarm on a Saturday for a Boise State basketball game. Uh, But uh, we will be live at 10 a.m. tomorrow to get you set for the broadcast just after 11 o'clock on CBS. Still some limited tickets remaining. If you're on the fence, highly recommend it. Going to be the best atmosphere of the year tomorrow night. Going to be an awesome game that uh, could have a big say and Boise State's chances of both getting to the NCAA tournament and winning the Mountain West Conference. So come say hello tomorrow if you're at the game. We'd love to see you guys. Appreciate you. Make sure you're watching 10 a.m. with the pregame show. We're heading over to interview Leon Rice and Roddy Anderson here in a little bit, and we'll get those videos up on the YouTube channel as well. So uh, have a great rest of your day. We appreciate you guys for watching, and we'll talk to you at 10 a.m. tomorrow with the Lithia Florida Boise pregame show. Again, thanks to Clark Kellogg. Thanks to Jay Tust. As always, thanks to my uh, wife, Karen, and my kids. Love you guys. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you at 10 a.m. tomorrow.
0: Bronco Nation News Live here at com.